Jai Sri Krishna, Shaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gididhar, Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vinda. Today's the appearance of Sri Advaita Acharya. He is the, the reason behind the advent of Lord Chaitanya. He actually saw the condition of Kali Yuga, even though he was an incarnation of the Supreme Lord, just like Lord Chaitanya, he was coming as a devotee. He saw that with the advent of Kali Yuga that mankind was kind of in a despicable condition. All religious qualities practically to nil. No good qualifications whatsoever. Mankind in this age was devoid of any spiritual qualification. And therefore, even though he was himself a great devotee, he was actually also the Supreme Lord, which we'll read about, he prayed that Krishna come again. Now Krishna had just come 5,000 years before in his original form. From that we have Bhagavad Gita and we have all of the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam explaining his his pastimes, all for the upliftment of man. When Krishna departed, whatever good qualities were left departed with him. Kali found his rightful place in humanity and started to uh, contaminate. So seeing this, Advaita, he prayed. He worshipped his deity. He had a Shalagram Shila, and he worshipped this deity every day. He worshipped the deity with the leaves of Tulsi, Srimati Tulsi Devi, and with Ganges water, and he prayed that the Lord come again and relieve the burden of the earth. Well, Krishna had just been here, and he'd relieved the burden of the earth of, of so many uh, unjust rulers, or too many people in administrative positions, kings. So Krishna eliminated them by killing them all, personally, or through his associates. Uh, he arranged so many times. Jarasandra would come with so many kings and Krishna would wipe them all out, leave Jarasandra alive so he could go and amass another army and another regiment of, uh, of his same mentality. So Krishna eliminated uh, this burden, but then the burden of Kali came. Kali Yuga, this fallen age of mankind. Adwaitacharya was affected by this, uh, wanting to do the best he could for humanity, but feeling himself incompetent. He said, this is going to take more than all the spiritual energy I have. I need the original supreme Krishna to come again. So he prayed. And because of his prayers, Lord Chaitanya advented. Lord Krishna Chaitanya advented. There is some theology that we're going to review this evening as to the nature of the Supreme Lord. Because we hear in the class, different times, different personalities referred to as God. Lord Chaitanya's God, Krishna's God, Vishnu's God, uh, Narayan's God, Govinda's God. Now, some of these are just different names for that original Supreme 
Swayam Bhagavan, the original personality of Godhead, but some of them are different manifestations of the Lord, and they are sometimes fully powerful. They have all of his opulences in full, and they display them, and sometimes they only display some portion of those powers, those opulences, those shaktis. So to begin uh, our discussion this evening, I'm first, we've been reading at the beginning of every class a little bit of Shudhar Dev Goswami's uh, Home Comfort, but tonight I'm going to read something that he wrote about Advaita Acharya. So this is by Shridhar Goswami. Advaita Acharya was a very senior in age. He may even have been more senior than Mahaprabhu's father. However, he always considered that Mahaprabhu was not a man. Therefore, he constantly tried to show respect to him. But Mahaprabhu did not allow. What? You are senior. You are in the rank of my guardians, the rank of my parents. You should not show honor to me. Rather, I am to show you honor. He began forcibly taking the feet dust of Advaita Acharya, who became distressed. Then Advaita Prabhu thought, I have to make a plan so I can receive his punishment. Advaita Prabhu went to his Santipur house and began to preach Marg, showing that Mukti is the highest end and Bhakti is lower. The principle of Bhakti admits that God is fully independent. We may try to please him, but he may or may not be pleased. It is his will. So what is the necessity of wild goose chasing? God may or may not be propitiated, and we may or may not get his grace. It is all uncertain, but mukti is in our hand. By certain practices we can enter into samadhi, therefore mukti is our real end and friend. We should take to that. In this way, Advaita Acharya began to preach in the Santapur camp. The news reached Mahaprabhu. Advaita Acharya used to preach for your camp, but now he preaches against your principles. Then one day, Nityananda Prabhu and Mahaprabhu went to Santipur, and what a scene. Mahaprabhu began to give a good beating to the old Acharya. Why have you invited me and brought me down here? By your invitation and attraction I have come down, but now you are going against me. What is your reason? Mahaprabhu began to slap him. <laughs> Haridas Thakur shuddered. What is this? I am seeing inconceivable things. Nichitananda Prabhu stood there and found himself to be relishing something and wondering what more things would come out. And Sita Thakurani, Advaita's wife, protested. No, no, don't beat that old man so hard. He will be finished. Stop your beating. But Advaita Acharya came through smiling. Now I have taken revenge on you. You always come to take my feet dust. But now see, you have come to punish me. So who is superior, myself or you? After this, it was Mahaprabhu who was a little indisposed. And Advaita Prabhu came out smiling. An amazing pastime. And there's a lot there. We can see that even though by social convention, 
Advaita Acharya, who was an old man and a contemporary of Mahaprabhu's father, uh, still he considered himself Das, Das, Anudas, just the servant of God. And of course he knew that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the supreme personality of Godhead. And therefore, even though he was senior by age, he considered himself subordinate. And because of that, when Mahaprabhu, in, due to social convention, wanted to worship Advaita Acharya because he was older, senior to him in age and also in respectability because of that and because of his position as a devotee. So he wanted to offer, he wanted to offer that respect to Advaita Acharya. And he forced, every time he saw the Acharya, he forced the taking of the dust of his feet and placing it on his head. And Advaita Acharya could not take it. God is taking my foot dust. I can't allow this. He left that place. He left where Mahaprabhu was. He went to Santipur. And what did he say? He started to preach knowledge. What is this worship of bhakti? What is this bhakti? What is this interest in bhakti? There's no need for bhakti. Let's just attain knowledge. By attaining transcendental knowledge, you can attain liberation. And that's sufficient. And that's at hand. Because in bhakti, you never know what's going to happen. Now underneath, we, what is his consciousness? He's thinking, I'm here, I'm trying to worship God and he won't let me. I don't know what bhakti's all about. Here's Mahaprabhu, this, my supreme lord, and he's taking my foot dust. And that's not going to give me anything good. That's going to ruin me. That's his thinking because he's a devotee, he's so humble. So I can't take it anymore. And of course he was also, he had some plan. So finally word comes back to Mahaprabhu and Mahaprabhu is, what is this? You have invited me to come to this material world for the benefit of humanity in order to spread this chanting of, of Harinam. You've invited me down. And then you turn against me and you start preaching some knowledge cult instead of the cult of bhakti, love and devotion for the Lord. You teach that knowledge is supreme and he beat him. And immediately the acharya is in ecstasy. Ah, oh, just see, now God is acting like God. That's what I want. This thing of taking my foot dust, this is not the way I want God to act with me. I am his subordinate, and because of my subordinate position, he should be beating me. In that way, the Acharya won. He defeated Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because what's the nature of that loving relationship between Krishna and his devotees? Krishna is always trying to serve his devotees. He always wants to take a subordinate position. On the battlefield, what did Krishna want to do? He wanted to be the chariot driver. He didn't want to be the big warrior that won the battle. No. 
He just wanted to serve his devotee. So we see this is a recurring theme. There is constantly a competition between God and his devotee in service attitude. And as we advance in spiritual life, we begin to understand the subtleties of this loving exchange. This is the entire realm of Vaikuntha consciousness. And specifically, Galoka consciousness, Vraja consciousness, that consciousness where everyone and everything simply wants to please Krishna. And Krishna simply wants to please everyone. We'll discuss a little bit this evening about Advaita Acharya's position, which is rather unique in that he had the spiritual power. His devotion was so great that he could summon God to come to the material world. So I've marked a couple verses here which we could discuss. Uh, this is the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila, 6th chapter. The name of the chapter is The Glories of Sri Advaita Acharya. This is text 28. He delivered all living beings by offering the gift of Krishna Bhakti. He explained the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam in the light of devotional service. Purport, although Sri Advaita Prabhu is an incarnation of Vishnu, for the welfare of the conditioned souls, he manifested himself as a servitor of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And throughout all his activities, he showed himself to be an eternal servitor. Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda also manifested the same principle. Although they also belong to the category of Vishnu, if Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, and Advaita Prabhu had exhibited their all-powerful Vishnu potencies within this material world, people would have become greater impersonalists, monists, and self-worshippers than they had already become under the spell of the age. Therefore, the personality of Godhead and his different incarnations and forms played the part of devotees to instruct the conditioned souls how to approach the transcendental stage of devotional service. Advaita Acharya especially intended to teach the conditioned souls about devotional service. The word Acharya means teacher. The special function of such a teacher is to make people Krishna conscious. A bona fide teacher following in the footsteps of Advaita Acharya has no other business than to spread the principles of Krishna consciousness all over the world. The real qualification of an Acharya is that he presents himself as a servant of the Supreme. Such a bona fide Acharya can never support the demoniac activities of atheistic men who present themselves as God. It is the main business of an Acharya to defy such imposters posing as God before the innocent public. Very interesting purport by Bhaktivedanta Swami. What he brings out is the fact that in this age of man, things are so contaminated, the consciousness of, of mankind is so contaminated that any fool on the street thinks that he's God. And if it's not any fool on the street, there'll be some fool that'll put himself forth as God 
And the people in the street will worship him as God. That's the nature of Kali Yuga. And we see this time and again in recent history. If you go on the internet and you type in Yacharya or God, incarnation, there's all kinds. I'm Kalki, I'm Bhagavan. These people are followed by other fools that worship them as God. But we find because of the nature of Kali Yuga, when the Lord himself came, he did not in any way show his opulence as the Supreme Lord, knowing that it would just encourage the imposters to increase in their misdirection. That's the nature of this age of Kali. Lord Chaitanya, he came as a devotee. Lord Nityananda, although also the Supreme Lord, he came as a devotee. Sri Advaita Acharya, they all came as devotees just because of the nature of this age, even though they themselves are all Vishnu Tattva. That's one interesting point. And it brings us to something that I wanted to touch on this evening because it can be confusing for ourselves just coming into Krishna consciousness. It can be confusing when we hear of the, all these different manifestations of the Supreme Lord. Chaitanya, Krishna, Kalki, Matsya, Varaha. All these are incarnations of the Lord. And they all display, to a certain extent, different potencies of the Lord. And sometimes they come side by side, as we see here. Here we have Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, and Sri Advaita Acharya. All incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead working in concert as three of the five Panchatattva to deliver mankind in this age of Kali. How do we reconcile this? So a simple understanding would be, we've talked about when people see like the president or the king of a country, they see that personality differently according to their relationship with him. Of course, the queen is going to see the king in one, one capacity as her lover. And his sons are going to see him in a different capacity as a loving father. The ministers of him in the court, in his court, are going to see him differently. As a friend that they give advice to. But a worshipable friend. The citizens are going to have a different approach, a different sentiment when it comes to seeing the king. It's one of awe and reverence. And let me bow. Let me try to get an audience so I can put forth my problem and, and have the king resolve it for me. And of course, the rogues, the thieves in society, they're going to see the king as an enemy. <laughs> oh, he's going to stop my thievery. He's going to stop my, my nefarious activity. He's going to either cut off my hands or imprison me. He may even take my life because of the nature of my activities. All those personalities are seeing 
the king of the land differently. Similarly, the supreme Lord is seen by living entities both in this realm and in the spiritual world differently. Now, in the realm of Vaikuntha, everyone is worshiping the supreme Lord with awe and reverence. And because that's the relationship they have with God and the way that they conceive their relationship with God, that's the nature of their relationship, he naturally takes a form to reciprocate accordingly. But he's God. The king may have a relationship with all these kinds of different people, his wife, his children, his ministers, the citizens, the rogues and thieves. But he's one individual. Well, God is also one. But he's God. He can simultaneously manifest a form and another form and another form, a form as a lover to the queen, a form as a father to the children, a form in the courtyard with all of his ministers, a form of king walking and being carried through the streets, and another form as a fighter going after the miscreants, as a constable, king constable. Yes. But he can do it simultaneously. He's God. He can do everything. So there's nothing that is not within his power. That just gives us an idea that we can relate to. He can simultaneously manifest different forms according to the relationships that he has with his various devotees. Simultaneously. And they are all the Supreme Lord. They are all God. They all have all the potencies of the Supreme Lord, although they may not display them. You will find in the Srimad Bhagavatam very detailed scientific information that has been given to us by the great sages and acharyas, saints and munis of the past regarding the way these different manifestations of the Lord take place. You'll find that the original Supreme Lord, his first expansion is Baladev. Baladev further expands in the Vaikuntha realm, in the Charter of Yuha, Vasudev, Sankirtan, Prajumna, Aniruddha, first time, then that's done again. Then you also find that there's a manifestation of the Purusha avatars that come. Mahavishnu lies down in the Kaju Ocean. From his pores, his breath, all the universes are manifest. He again enters into those as Garbodakshai Vishnu lying on the causal ocean in each individual universe. And from him, the lotus grows, Brahma comes, and the universe is, is properly 
filled with various bodies for the different souls according to their prior desires. And then he also enters into every individual living entity's heart and into every single atom of creation, a super soul. He comes in every yuga, white color, red color, black color, yellow color. So many manifestations of the Supreme Lord. And we find further as we study in the Bhagavat, we find out that the Lord manifests a form comparable to the worship and relationship he has with his devotees. We get a glimpse of that from the 10th canto. When Krishna entered the arena, when he was invited to the wrestling arena, Kamsa had invited him with the intent to kill him. But when he enters the arena, Sukadev brings out the fact that everybody in the arena, according to their relationship, saw Krishna differently. Again, the one supreme personality of Godhead is manifesting himself. Sometimes those manifestations all look exactly the same. That is called Prakash. When Krishna is dancing with the gopis, they're all seeing Krishna. Swayam Bhagavan, the original personality of Godhead, beside them dancing. There's also Vilas. The form is different. Prakash and Vilas manifestation. We'll read one other thing about Advaita Acharya from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is text number 111. All the incarnations are entitled to the emotions of devotees. There is no higher bliss than this. In other words, the various manifestations of the Supreme Lord reciprocate in loving emotion with the devotees. And they're all entitled to that loving exchange. All the incarnations are entitled to the emotions of devotees. There is no higher bliss than this. Purport. All the different incarnations of Lord Vishnu have the right to play the role of servitors of Lord Krishna by descending as devotees. When an incarnation gives up the understanding of his godhood and plays the part of a servitor, he enjoys a greater taste of transcendental mellows than when he plays the part of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this also speaks not only of the, the relationship that the Lord has with his devotees, but also the fact that the various manifestations of the Lord can act in the capacity of a devotee and enjoy that. Where, what's the quintessential of that that we see? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came in order to what? In order to relish the emotions of his topmost devotee, Srimati Radharani. So that was the nature of his one. That was the hidden purpose for his advent. Next verse. The original Bhakta avatar is Sankarshan. 
Shri Advaita is counted among such incarnations. Purport, although Shri Advaita Prabhu belongs to the Vishnu category, he displays servitorship to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as one of his associates. When Lord Vishnu appears as a servitor, he is called an incarnation of a devotee of Lord Krishna. Sri Sankarshan, who is an incarnation of Vishnu in the spiritual sky known as the Greater Vaikuntha, is the chief of the quadruple incarnations. And in the original incarnation of a devotee, Lord Mahavishnu, who is lying on the casual ocean, is a manifestation of Sankarshan. He is the original personality of Godhead who glances over the material and efficient causes of the cosmic manifestation. Advaita Prabhu is accepted as an incarnation of Mahavishnu. All plenary manifestations of Sankarshan are indirect expansions of Lord Krishna. That consideration also makes Advaita Prabhu an eternal servitor of Gora Krishna. Therefore, he is accepted as a devotee incarnation. I know it sounds confusing. <laughs> it is to us, to our men. How do we understand? Here's God, and then God expands, and then from that God, another God comes. One way that Prabhupada's made it easiest, easy for us to understand, he explains it in this way. He says that if you have one candle... And with that one candle, you light a second candle and a third candle. And from that candle, you light a couple candles. All those candles are going to give off the same luminance. But still, there was one original candle that started it all. We can kind of understand these various manifestations of the Lord in this way. They all have the full potency of God, but they act in different capacities. And specifically here in these two verses, we see that the various manifestations of the Lord coming into the material world all are able to relish servitorship to the supreme original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Is there any questions about any of this? Yes, ma'am. So, Advaita Acharya is like higher incarnation in terms of Vishnu, but he wants to worship Krishna, even though he comes from Krishna. Originally, there's Krishna. There is no difference between Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna. We note in the beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's the first thing that Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami establishes beyond any doubt. There is no difference between Lord Chaitanya and Krishna. They are the same original personality of Godhead. One's black and one's golden, but they are both Krishna. All other manifestations of the Lord in the Vishnu category, first there's Balaram, and then Balaram expands in the first Chaturvyuha, these are in the Vaikuntha realm, but
but the original is Krishna. From there, from there, Narayan expands, Lord Narayan and Vaikuntha, who also is an expansion of Balaram, who's expanded into Vaikuntha, then he expands again as the Purusha avatars, Vishnu, which is Mahavishnu, Garbhodakshai Vishnu, Kashira Dakshai Vishnu. All right. Advaita Acharya is Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is naturally subordinate to Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, the original source of all manifestations. That makes sense? Yes. Um, uh, well, two things. Um, well, Chaitanya is Radha and Krishna combined, right? And he, he's golden in color because Radharani is golden in color. But is she, is she Vishnu Tattva or is she like Vladimir Shakti? She's Shakti Tattva. Okay. okay, and my question is uh, Prakash and Velas, what mm-hmm. are they exactly? Uh, the first, Prakash, is an exact replica of Krishna. He just expands himself into another Krishna. We can get an understanding of that by Narada Muni. When he went to Dwarka, in every palace he saw Krishna interacting differently with his different queens. Vilas manifestation will be other manifestations that have a different form yeah, Nasringa, Varaha, Matsya, Kurma. So which, what incarnation are they considered, those ten? Hmm? What type of incarnation is, are they considered, those ten? Leela Avatar. So, another question is, why don't we worship them all equally? We do. But why don't we have a Buddha on the altar or a Kalki on the altar if they're also incarnations of Krishna? Our primary Istadeya, Dave, our primary worshipable objects, according to our Sampradaya and our Acharyas, coming in the line of Sri Shaitanya and following in the footsteps of the Goswamis, we are all aspiring to develop loving relationship with Krishna. Therefore, the primary object of our worship and our consciousness is developing that relationship in loving exchange with the Supreme Lord <laughs> as Krishna. The others are also but Krishna. Also, but then we'll have like Nishrimidev and Ram and they're part of those things. And there are also devotees who as, they're, as they mature in their devotional practice they develop a specific attraction to those manifestations of the Lord and nothing else will satisfy them. So we notice that even though Lord Chaitanya was there and he was preaching everyone, let's chant Hare Krishna, everyone should become a Krishna devotee. Some of his associates, Murari Gupta, he could not. 
He, he couldn't change. No, I'm a, I, I can only think of Ram. I'm trying to be a Krishna devotee, but my heart is with Ram. I can't give this conception up. We notice this also in Brihat Bhagavatamrita. The realm of Hanuman. And they started to discuss going and associating with Pallad Maharaj, who's a Krishna Bhakta. Hanuman was attracted. Oh yes, he's such a great devotee. Let's go see. And then, just before they were about to leave, but no, I have my... I have to continue to serve my deity of Ram. What if he calls me? What if he wants some service for me? He's my Lord and Master. You can go on ahead without me. Is it possible that uh, Christ could be an incarnation of Krishna too as well? He's in a special category. He's referred to as a Saktavish avatar. Mm -hmm. He's in the Jiva category, mm -hmm. but perfected. Right. So... In his perfection, he's given specific shakti, energy, to preach. That explains the miracles? Yes, oh yeah. That explains the miracles. Sometimes when you have, sometimes miracles is all, all that will work when people don't have fine intelligence. It's the only way you can get their attention. Walk on water, give them something to eat, spread up the bread. He's referred to technically... According to, to Vaishnava philosophy, technically is a Saktavish avatar. He's in the Jiva category, but he has different powers to, to preach. When we look at the way he preached and the way he spoke to his disciples, he was not, he was, at sometimes he referred to himself as the father, and sometimes, sometimes he referred to himself as the son. Well, if the, if the, purpose of both the father and the son are the same then in that regard they are the same but i think if you if you talk to the real mystics in the uh, christian tradition you'll find that most of them going back to the mystical shastras that haven't been uh, what do we want to say marketed for modern man <laughs> uh, you'll find that uh they most most of them agree with with the fact that he is not the supreme original Godhead. Anyway, I know this is all technical; it all seems too much, but it's not beyond comprehension. And as we we are expected, this this knowledge is considered sambanda. It's knowledge we need to have. Regarding the Supreme Lord, it builds a foundation for Abhideya, for devotional practice. So that we understand, like Prita was asking, well, we worship, we chant prayers to the, to the ten. We chant the prayers of Jayadev Goswami, Jaga Jagadisha Hari. We worship Lord Buddha, Matsa. We worship these different manifestations of the Supreme Lord. Lord Nasringadev, Keshavadrita. Narahari Rupa, Jaga Jagadisha Hari. So we're worshiping these different forms of the Supreme Lord. And what's the significance? Why, uh, why don't we have them all on our altar? We understand the, the position of Krishna being the supreme original personality of Godhead and all other forms 
are coming from him. He's the original source. But you will find in the loving devotional life of various souls, an attraction may come to a specifically manifestation of the Lord and they're completely and totally absorbed in that. And because these are all manifestations of Krishna, they are completely satisfied in that loving relationship. You'll also notice that the lovers of Krishna are only interested in Krishna. At one time, in his pastimes with the gopis, Krishna disguised himself as Lord Narayan, the Lord of Vaikuntha. And when the gopis saw Lord Narayan, of course they offered their respects. And then the first question, have you seen Krishna? We're looking for Krishna. Is he around here somewhere? You're God. Can you tell me where he, you probably know where he went? Which direction is it? So eventually did Krishna reveal himself? Oh, yes. Krishna always reveals himself to the gopis. I think he was a prankster too as well. He was a joker with the gopis. Well, that's the nature of Krishna. Krishna's, the relationship of Krishna with his devotees is called madhurya. Sweetness. The sweetness of the relationship over is more powerful than the awe and reverence. Most, most devotees of the Supreme Lord are, offering, are, are worshiping God with awe and reverence. Because, of course, he's God. He's the most powerful. How else would you worship God? Well, Lord Chaitanya taught us there is a higher worship even than that, even than that awe and reverence. And it can be experienced in four principal relationships. Servitorship, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal affection. In Vaikuntha, everyone is worshipping with awe and reverence. Sri Chaitanya came and broke open the highest understandings of loving relationship with the Supreme Lord, independent of that awe and reverence. So if a person um, worships one of the manifestations, are they then having the fullness of Krishna consciousness? No, there's no limit. But the great acharyas have, they are fully satisfied. A simple example. The child in their relationship with the father. They're fully satisfied in that relationship. You're not going to find the child wanting to have a sexual relationship with their parent. It's not there. It's unnatural. Their full satisfaction in love is that of a child. But you're not going to find the wife wanting to have a childly relationship with her husband. 
she's fully satisfied in a different way. All the different loving relationships that the living entity can have with God, they're fully satisfied in that relationship. But the there is a technical, there's also a technical aspect to these, to the analysis of these loving relationships that's given to us by the, well, primarily the knowledge is coming through Shri Shaitanya and then it's been completely elaborated by the, the, by the Goswamis, his immediate disciples. And they have been very analytical, uh, specifically in, in giving us knowledge of spiritual emotion. And in giving us that knowledge, they've broken it down in such a way that we can see that a person in, who has a serving relationship with God, although he's completely content in that, he wouldn't want anything else, his emotional exchanges in that relationship are, are at a certain level. When you add friendship, the person in friendship, he experiences even additional emotions, but he also, he also enjoys all the emotions that the servitor did. Beyond that, as a parent, they have that, those parent, those parent rosses, those emotions of loving exchange, and they also have the exchanges of the friends, and also the emotions of the servitors, all three. And then you go to the topmost devotees, the Lord's female associates, and they have all those emotions and more. And then you go to, well, where's the most emotion that is ever experienced in love of God? And that's Srimati Radharani. She is the topmost servitor of Krishna and she actually all emotional exchanges with Krishna are through her service. The Goswamis have revealed to us that our position, our true position, we are all Radha Dasham. We are all servitors of Radha Rani. She's the only one that fully satisfies, satisfies Krishna. So we try to help her in that capacity. Very technical, esoteric, loving knowledge. And the ghost Goswamis have given all of this to us. And Srila Rupa Goswami has given us a handbook to understand all of these loving exchanges. That handbook's called the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And he breaks down every single constituent of the emotion and how it's experienced. But until we have purified ourselves of our mundane emotion, our exploitive natures, our desires to, to take or to renounce, until we've gone beyond those tendencies which have given us this miserable condition of material existence, 
these various bodies and all the karma that comes with them, until we can rise above those tendencies of exploitation or renunciation and come to the level of complete dedication, what's the question of discussing these higher things and even trying to understand them? Therefore, our practice is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna, please. Sheto Darpanam Arjanam, Bhava Maha Devagni Nirvapadam, Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam. Please cleanse my heart of these other tendencies. How can I taste and experience a loving emotion with the Supreme Lord when I'm still hampered by all this material desire in my heart. Please, you have to cleanse my heart. I don't even have the capacity to clean my heart. Only if you descend and clean my heart is there any hope. Your energy, this material energy, is going to overwhelm me at every stage. The modes of material nature are so much more powerful than ourselves. Therefore, Bhagavad Gita, what's the end? Krishna says, just take shelter of me. I'll protect you. Don't try to protect yourself. My energy is stronger than you'll ever be. Anything else? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.